prophecy. It's Old Testament prophecy in a practical sense. Now, some people might hear, oh, he's going to talk about prophecy. He's going to talk about the rapture, the tribulation. I'm, I'm excited about talking about the rapture and the tribulation and some of the things. Some people have said, Pastor Scott, um, do you not want to talk about, do you not believe in the rapture and the tribulation and the millennial kingdom and all that stuff? I absolutely do, and I love talking about that stuff. Um, Pastor Baker did a really, he talked about that kind of stuff a lot. And, um, and I said, first year I'm at church, I'm going to uh, talk about other things. And I'll get back into that. And so that's kind of one of the things I've committed in, in my life. And uh, just so you kind of know. But we get to this, this 2 Kings chapter 8. And we read this story in verses 1 to 6 of what I call the Shunammite prophecy. We get to 2 Kings chapter 8. In verse 1 it says, then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son had been restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can, for the Lord has called a famine. And furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God. And she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. It came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to make an appeal to the king for her and for her land. The king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. Now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life, that there was the woman whose son had been restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, Restore all that was hers, and all the proceeds of the field from that day that she left the land until now. And, and so as, as I look at that, and as I think about this, um, excuse me, the, Sh the Shunammite prophecy from 2 Kings chapter 8, verses 1 to 6. As I talk about this, and as I think about this, one of the things that, that I think about is I care about money. I, I pay attention to the money and the things in our household. I, I hope that you do too. As I sit down at the end of every month, um, I get excited. My wife probably thinks that I'm crazy spending as much time organizing the finances and balancing the checkbook and stuff that I do, but... At the end of every month, I get excited as I watch the interest that I've made in investments go up. Oh, you know, it's not much. It's not, not, not like a little. But I see that go up each month. And every month I watch as uh, the interest that I pay to the bank in my mortgage goes down. And I pay a little bit less 
in interest. And that's kind of an exciting thing. And as I think about that, I, I get that gets me. I know I'm strange. Num numbers. I like numbers, always have. I probably should have been an accountant in my life or something like that. And I like playing with numbers. But as I think about that spiritually, there are some times in our life that we need to borrow and we need to have people praying for us. But the list was long today, right? We looked at this and there were a lot of people that needed us to go out of our way to encourage, to help, to pray for. People that need a little bit of, to borrow a little bit of spiritual encouragement, prayers. And there are other times where life is going good and when we can invest into others. And I think that's very, very, very important for us to do. Financially, physically, spiritually. So there are times that we need to borrow, and there are times that we need to invest. And hopefully, we're looking at that time where we are able to invest in others more and to watch God get the increase than the times that we need to borrow. Because there will be times that you need to reach out to the brothers and sisters of Christ around you and to say, I need help. I need encouragement. And we as a body of Christ, we need to be unified in helping and encouraging each other during the difficult times of life. So I look at this, and I see biblical prophecy, the Shunammite prophecy. In 2 Kings chapter 8, and verse 1, it says, Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household. Stay wherever you can, for the Lord has called a fam famine. And furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. So the first thing that I notice as I'm reading this passage of Scripture is that God revealed something. It says there, the Lord has decreed a famine. To this Shunammite woman, God, said, God says, and the message is pretty clear, you are going to have a rough time for the next seven years. Things are going to be difficult. And here's what you can do. There is a clear interpretation that the famine is going to last seven years, and you need to pack up. And you need to go. There was an application that she needed to, to face. You need to go away with you, your family, and stay for a while wherever you can. So when Elisha came into this woman's life, he gave her biblical prophecy. There was a revelation from God. There was a clear interpretation of it. And there was a clear application of it. And she did exactly what Elisha said, and it worked out for him. And so sometimes in our lives, uh, God might have a message for us that somebody might come along and might give to us. An individual might say, this is what, God's laid this on my heart. I think that this is what you need to be doing. And I'm going to be here to help you with it. I'm going to be here to help you through it. If God has laid this on 
it's kind of interesting. You never know what God is going to do. Last week, as we were, uh, as I was sharing, I didn't know that God was working on somebody's heart. And they said, I, I've been praying about something. And someone came and they, they told me that they felt that God was leading that person in that direction. They said, I've been praying about that. And then someone came and asked me about that. Should I follow? And I said, I said, but you've been praying about this. God's laid it on your heart. Someone came and talked to you about it. And you're here asking me if you should follow through with it. I said, if God laid it on your heart, you've been praying about it. Another Christian individual came and talked to you about it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You should follow. There's no question. If God has laid that on your heart, it sounds like a good thing. Follow it. Go. Do what God's told you to do. And maybe here in your life, um, you like the Shunammite woman, what you have in front of you might involve seven years of famine. This is a difficult situation. And you've started praying about this. And the road that you have in front of you isn't going to be easy. But God's speaking to you. He's talking to you. He says, I've got something for you to do. You need to follow God's leading in your life. One of the verses that instantly ought to come to mind is John chapter 10. Let's turn in our Bibles to John chapter 10. In John chapter 10, In verses 1 to 5, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door and climbs up some other way, same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he who calls his own sheep by name and opens, excuse me, the door to him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he had spoken to them. As I look at this passage of Scripture, I, one of the things that I've always kind of thought is that between John chapter 9 and John chapter 10, 
we put that chapter difference. And I've always thought, why do we have John chapter 10, starting after verse 41? If you look in John chapter 41, and I don't think you have to be a big-time Bible scholar to figure this out. And How many of you here have a red-letter Bible? Oh, good. In John chapter 10, 9, excuse me, in John chapter 9, verse 41, the end of that verse is red. John chapter 10, starting in verse 1, it's still red, right? And so I've always said, John chapter 9 just kind of pours into John chapter 10. It's like the same story. So if you know what happens in John chapter 9, it's the story of Jesus and the blind man. And in John chapter 9, everyone has rejected this blind man. His parents have rejected him. His peers have rejected him. And the priests have rejected him. And in the end, they have taken him and they've cast him out of the synagogue for, for proclaiming that Jesus had done something amazing. And who's there? To, and, and in my mind, I picture him at the synagogue, and probably the best idea that I can have is picturing a church like this one. I picture this blind man who can now see the guy who says, I don't know about this Jesus, but this one thing I do know, once I was blind and now I can see, and he kind of teases them and says, why do you guys keep asking me questions about Jesus? Do you want to follow him and be his disciples also? Oh, that must have gotten under their skin. And, and, and I love that go, the, the go-between between the blind man and Jesus. And I just picture him throwing him out, out on the steps. So I picture him at the bottom of the steps out here, outside of First Baptist Church of Fort Crane. Everybody's cast him out for following Jesus. Hopefully that would never happen in this church. Somebody be cast out for following Jesus. But there he is, and here's the priest, standing at the top of the stairs with their arms crossed, looking down at him. And Jesus has this conversation with the blind man. Do you believe in the Son of God? And in verse 35, or 36 of John chapter 9, it says, He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And in verse 37, I love what it says. It says, And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, he's talking to the blind man, right? You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And it's out of the context of that, that Jesus starts to have this conversation where the, the priests are at the top of the stairs arms crossed, scowling at this blind man. And Jesus talks about knowing and following and listening to the voice of the good shepherd. There are bad shepherds in this world, people who are going to lead you down the wrong path. But what you need to do is you need to follow Christ. So if you see a time of famine coming up in your life, things are not going very well for you. You find financial difficulties. 
physical difficulties, spiritual heartache, and you're wondering what direction you should go, the most important voice for you to listen to is the voice of Jesus Christ. Sometimes He will use a a servant of His, like an Elisha, to come in and say, here's what God has laid on my heart. Then you pray about it. You take it to the Scriptures. You listen to good counsel. And if it's clear what God is calling you to do, you do it with all of your heart. If God is calling you to maybe teach a Sunday school class, and you are ready and you are prepared for that, and God is calling you to do that, then do that. If God is calling you, and someone is talking to you, and and God is asking you to go and help someone in need, you pray about it, you speak biblical counsel, you go and do that. As trials come into your life, and you don't know which way you should turn, Seek the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer. Let Him provide you a clear direction in which way you go. The major difference, spiritually speaking, between the Lord's sheep and the goats is sheep don't use the word but. If God is saying something to you, if He is speaking to you and you hear His voice, don't say, okay, God, but... No. If God's telling you to do something, if Jesus Christ is leading you, the Good Shepherd is telling you what to do. Don't listen to the world. Don't listen to the bad shepherds. Listen to the voice of Jesus Christ. And don't add a but. Don't add an argument. Don't hesitate. If God has spoken clearly to you, follow Him. And when you do follow Him, understand, right off the bat, it may cost you. Just think about what this Shunammite woman had to do as she followed Christ. She had to leave her land. Famine was coming. She had to pick up her whole family. And head on out on a journey. And if Christ is asking you today to do something difficult, it might cost you. I'd like to read to you this morning from Matthew chapter 8 and verse 20. It says, And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere To lay his head. If you follow Jesus Christ. The road ahead of you. Might not look as clear as. What you might want. How it's all going to happen. Might not be as clear as what. You might desire. But following Christ. In faith. Is always worth it. You follow Him. 
You do what He says. You, you go the way He wants you to go and let Him lead. It will always be worth it. After the seven years were finished in our story in 2 Kings chapter 8, the Shunammite woman returned to the king. And I love what, what's going on in this passage of Scripture. As she returns to the king to ask about the return of her land that she's left for seven years, as she's followed the Lord and she's gone away from her home, it just so happens that at the same time that she's returning, Gehazi is telling the king the story of the Shunammite woman. He's telling her, he's recounting to her the story from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 to 37. I, I don't think we need to go there because we spent a couple of weeks talking about that story, about how this woman had in faith prepared a room for Elisha. This woman in faith had watched as God had provided her a son. This woman watched with tragedy as her son died before her eyes. And this woman watched as God brought the, her son back to life through the faith of the man of God, Elisha. And Gehazi, I know we've given him a lot of difficulty as we've been looking through 2 Kings, but Gehazi is here in 2 Kings chapter 8. He's telling the king the story of the Shunammite woman. And, and I can almost picture him. And king, you wouldn't believe what had happened. In this story, this Shunammite woman, uh, she made a house, a little room for Elisha to stay in. She couldn't have a child. The one request was that she had is that God would provide a son. And God provided a son. Then one day, that son was out in the field with his dad. And he said, my head, my head. And the son dropped dead. And, and the news came to me and Elisha. And we heard about this son dying. And Elisha sent me on ahead. And, and I couldn't do anything. But then, when Elisha arrived. And he prayed over that boy. That boy came back to life. You wouldn't believe it. And then, what happens is Gehazi is telling this story. The Shunammite woman walks in. And, and, and I love that part of the story. And can't you see Gehazi say, that's the woman right there. She just walked into your palace. Um, how many of you guys believe in coincidence? Or how many of you believe in the sovereignty of God? Do you think God led that woman into that palace that day? Just as the moment that Gehazi was telling the story. How many of us can give testimony of at the right time, in the right place, under the perfect conditions, God did this. And it was only the hand of God. And some people might say, oh, that seems like quite the coincidence. I tell it, I have, I only use that word sarcastically anymore. Oh, what a coincidence that that happened. Our sovereign God works and orchestrates and does things in this world in a very meticulous detail. So at the perfect time, the perfect way, His plans work together for good to those who love God. It is no coincidence that as Gehazi is telling this story, 
that this woman walked in at just the right time. It's no coincidence when you need it the most and your world is falling apart that God sends the perfect person to help you through that trial, help you through that tragedy, and to help you in a certain situation. The next time you, you, you see God's hand at work, remember the story of the Shunammite woman and how just as Gehazi is relating the story of what God had done, as she walks into the throne room and Gehazi says, look, there's the woman that God did all this great stuff to. Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1 it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declared to you that the that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. Christian, if God is working in your life, if you see Him at work in a daily basis, you need to speak about it. If you see Him doing something great, one of those things that we say, that's not coincidence, that's God, then you need to tell the world. If you hear testimony of what God has done, you need to tell people of what God's doing. It just gives you another opportunity for you to see the great hand of work that God has done. Gehazi told the testimony of what he had seen, and God just continued to do great things. And when you tell the things that God has done in your life, God will act. I, again, I love that part of the story. This is the woman. There are no coincidences with God. And we need to tell those things that we have seen. Has God worked in your life? Then you need to let the world know that He has done amazing things. I'd like us to turn back in our, our Bibles to the book of Job. Job chapter 42. We read that this morning. When we get to the end of the book of Job, I, I see a similar story to, to what's going on with this Shunammite woman. Bad times were going to happen to Job. And we talk about Job often, how, how Job faced trials and affliction. He lost his wealth. He lost his family. He lost his health. And God allowed him to go through those trials. But do you think it was a coincidence of what Job went through in the end of his life and the things that had happened to him? Just like the story of the Shunammite, that God had 
an end planned for her. God had an end planned for Job. In Job chapter 42, verses 1 and 2, it says, Then Job answered and said, I know that you can do everything, and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Is that something that, that you are working on today? Um, someone said to me this week, they said, a Christian knows that they are going to heaven. And they know that God is working in their life. And they said, Pastor Scott, um, I know I'm new at this Christianity thing, but some days that knowing is hard. Well, I think about our faith, and I think about sanctification. I think about what God is doing in your life when you are saved, when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You are immediately set, freed, separated from the penalty of sin. And it's a wonderful feeling. But it's not too long before the deceiver, the devil, tries to get in there and he tries to, to get you to doubt. He tries to get you to think about things that are going to lead you away from the relationship with the Lord. Your faith needs to begin to grow. You need to begin getting into the Word of God. You need to find other Christians who are going to help you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So that one day when the, the, the real difficult times of life come, the famine that the Shunammite woman had, the problems that Job had. You can echo Job. I know that you can do everything. That every little thing, every little trial, every little situation that you have is something that God can take care of. Whether it be a physical pain, a spiritual heartache, a financial difficulty, and in the end, God will bless. I believe in principles of sowing and reaping. I believe in the principles that we find in the, in, in the Word of God that we need to invest in our spiritual life. We call these, sometimes in life we call these things coincidence, but I believe in the providence of God. That he can work and he can do things for our good. We need to pray that we will have faith and we will have the assurance of a relationship with God. Because as we see in this story, that God can take your suffering, take your difficulties, and he can restore you to a place that is good. In this story, she has her land restored and also... I believe that she, it says there, that she got all that stuff back, plus everything that had been earned in her uh, property through that time of the seven years. God restored plus more than she could have imagined. And so I put up there, it was restored with interest. The result was that she had everything she had lost and restored with, with everything that it had earned during that time. Remember I said at the beginning, that I love it as I watch as the interest goes up in my bank account. You know, you don't make a lot in interest these days. 
And I love it as the, the mortgage and the interest that I pay back to the bank goes down. I believe as, as we come in here as Christians, when we're a young Christian, we're beginning to, we need to depend on others. and We need to pull from the knowledge and their faith and the things that they have learned. And at the beginning, we're going to pull a lot from the believers who've gone on before us. But our faith needs to grow so that we can give and we can invest into others. Many of you guys have seen God at work in your life for a long time. You've seen Him to be faithful. You know and you understand that God is good. Look around you and begin to pour into others. Some of you are hurting today. Some of you feel like you're about to enter the land of famine. The seven years of famine. You feel like you're going to enter the time of Job. And you're going to need to draw from the spiritual wealth of those around you. It's going to be a difficult time. You need other people praying for you. You need other people being there for you and helping you through these difficult times. It's okay. As Christians, we need to be doing two things. We need to be lifting up others in prayer, reaching out and helping them, being the body of Christ. And we also need to, when we're going through difficult times, we need to go to others and ask them for help. Ask them for prayer. As Christians, we need to be sowing generously. Let's turn in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, it says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, but God loves a cheerful giver. And verse 8 is... One of my favorite verses. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That's you. Always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. You need to be pouring into each other, helping each other, so that in the difficult times of life, we can find that the grace of God is there to help us in our time of need. Uh, in Matthew chapter 25, uh, we read about the faithful servant and the, the unfaithful servant. So let's turn over to that kingdom parable in Matthew chapter 25. The parable of the talents. And in Matthew chapter 25, in verse 28, it says, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. And as, as I read that, that scripture, and I remember the story that God had given talents to different people, five talents and two talents and one talent. And he, he, the guy who had five talents got five more talents. The guy who got two talents 
got two more talents. The guy who got one talent, remember what he did, he buried his talent in the ground. And, and Jesus and Jesus Christ in the story, he said that that man should have taken his talent and invested in the bank and gotten interest, right? But in the end of that story, that guy who took his talent and buried it in the sand, that talent was taken from him and given to him who had ten talents. We as Christians, in following the Lord, we need to be going out of our way to invest in others. We need to understand, we need to remember that God can provide, that He is faithful. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 50. In Psalm 50, verses 10 and 11, it says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know that all the birds of the mountains and all the wild beasts of the field are mine. God has more grace. More ability. More assets that are available to him. Than we could possibly imagine. So as we follow him. As we understand that it might cost us to follow him. As we try to listen to the voice of the shepherd. Know that it's worth it. If you're following him in faith. And believing and trusting in Him, God can provide along the way. Be somebody that is investing in others. God wants to help you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to get you through the difficult times of life. Make sure that you remember those principles of sowing and reaping. That God can provide. That He can give you back with interest. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray today for us as we think about our lives and what you've called us to do. Lord, maybe we're in the middle of a difficult situation. I pray that you'll help us to seek you in prayer. Lord, I pray that as we see you at work, as we see you do things that only your hand can do, that you'll help us to acknowledge the great things that you have done and to remember that there are no coincidences with the Creator. And Lord, I pray that as we sow and as we reap, that we'll remember that just like this Shunammite woman, if we give to you, if we invest in the world around us, we go out of our way to help those in need, that, Lord, you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, that you are able to make all grace abound to us, so that in all things we might have the ability to do every good work that you have called us to do. I thank you for that, Lord, and I pray that in the time of trial and the time of faith, 
will follow your voice and find you to be faithful. In your Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.